0: All right, so just to set the stage for the this panel discussion, basically, I, the whole thing is going to revolve around two questions. Okay, guys? Hey. Oh,
1: sorry.
0: <laughs> wow. Do I need to put you in the corner? Time out? I might need to. Okay, listen, two questions. And Brad, you can moderate a little bit together. But the two questions are, what do you feel like the Lord is saying and doing in your life personally? And what do you feel like the Lord is wanting to do in 2020 focus 2020 what are we looking forward to in this coming year what do you feel like is going to happen next year but i also want you to make it personal of what you feel like the lord's doing in your own lives individually right okay so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna let you start oh you're gonna start and i'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick
2: oh praise the yeah. lord
0: so you've been a little bit
2: Well, honestly, uh, let's see, I think it's been a year and a half now. Um, y'all, some of you may have known this because I've been here since then. Uh, the Lord asked me to pray for long-suffering. And uh, I was actually kind of scared to pray that. And, but he said, I will show you things about me if you pray it. And so I did. And uh, the long-suffering started. And um, I've been under major attack and had to really long suffer, not only with my whole brain, but uh, a lot of things have really attacked our ministry and attacked me personally. But the Lord said I had to long suffer, not change it. Because long suffering actually changes it. There's a power that comes out of even the Lord. When he long suffers with you that releases life for you to, to keep living. And we're going to learn to actually long suffer not only with him but with one another and our enemies. Yeah. And we're going to see the glory that will come from it and we're going to get addicted to it. We're going to love the fellowship of his suffering. We're coming into a dimension of Jesus to where we're going to learn the fellowship of his suffering. And we're going to love it. We're going to glory in it. We're going to see him in the fire, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fire is where the Lord actually appeared. Wow. They didn't make their chains fall off. It was the Lord that made their chains fall off. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so since that time, I, you know, I've been in this this, this season of, of of long suffering, and at the same time, he's been showing me a lot of stuff about myself. Things I thought I'd put, you know, under the blood. And uh, it wasn't under the blood, it was under Brad. And uh, the very thing that I'm seeing, just personally, I'll be open with you guys, is I am dying. The word I or the letter I is dying. Does this make sense? And, the, and I is going to start dying off this year. That's what Paul said in, Gal- in Galatians 2.20. It is no longer what? I that live. In other words, that's the demonic realm, selfishness. That's the first, the first person that said that was I will ascend. Who said that? Satan. So that's Satan's realm is I. So a, it's kind of a secret key that, uh, that Paul is talking about. I is dying, so I is going to die in us this year, and the only thing we have to do is let Christ live, and our mind is going to start getting focused on Jesus instead of I, because if you focus on I, you try to ascend without God. You end up taking a place without God, and then you find yourself separated from the Lord, Does this make sense? But get ready. We're going to get addicted to not wanting I. We're going to get addicted to wanting Christ. And we're no longer, I'll I'll pass it on. We're no longer going to want vengeance. We're no longer going to seek justice. We're going to seek the kingdom. I'm telling you. When trials come or betrayals or whatever it may be, you know, intensities in your life, instead of seeking God for justice, you're going to seek him for his kingdom. Amen. And then righteousness, peace, and joy will come. And you're going to go, why have I been fighting this whole, long, this, this whole time, all of my life? Because the greatest thing that we're coming into, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's powerful, is the joy of the Lord. But it's the Lord's joy, not our joy. It's the Lord that's going to get happy in us. Enoch, I'm telling you, well, uh, Enoch's the most happiest person that you would ever meet. And he lived in the worst, darkest times. And it was the joy of the Lord that lived in him that caused him to be able to walk in this realm with supernatural power. And with joy... You're just going to lose yourself. What? Enoch walked with God and what? Was not. When you get really joyful, you lose yourself. You're, You're no longer living. It's what? Christ in you living. So you're going to live. You're going to walk with God. And then you're going to be not. You're going to be like the Lord. You're going to be with him. You're going to disappear. And God's going to appear. Within your life. And the love of Christ is about to totally take over this earth. But it's not going to come down. It's going to come through. It's going to come through us. So that's part of it. Yeah.
3: Hallelujah. I um, I shared on Sunday um, a lot. But for those of you who aren't here. That was really where my heart is. But. Heather read a scripture over one of those being baptized, and I thought of this, Isaiah chapter 60. Arise and shine. Come on, just look at your
0: neighbor and say, you
3: look shiny. (laughs) You're shiny, yeah. Arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has, I wish I could find somebody that knew what I was talking about, Mm, No, has risen upon you. Here's the thing, because he prophesied it the other day, things are going to get tough. It says darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness, the people. He told us it was going to get bad. Okay. (laughs) But he says, but the Lord has risen upon you. You will look to him and be radiant. Come on, somebody. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. And um, even what I shared with the young man that was getting baptized, is very personal for me. I was even sharing this with some of the guys when we were out hunting. But, you know, me going through cancer and everything, even what he was just sharing, it's right in line. You know, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Somebody shout love. 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 Come on, shout it louder. Say love. Love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Peace, Peace. patience, ouch, Mm -hmm. (laughs) kindness, goodness, Goodness. faithfulness, Faithfulness. gentleness, Gentleness. Self self control, and listen to this against. This, there is no law. This is the highest form of warfare. Maturity. People walking in the Spirit, walking in the glory, standing before God. In Zechariah 3, God looks at Joshua and he says, if you will keep, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, I will give you places to walk. How many of you want to walk in those places? Well, what does that look like when you walk in the spirit? There's a sound that resonates from your life from the holy place. There's always a sound that would come from the most holy place. And that sound is found in the fruit. And this is how you're going to win Corpus Christi. And, you know, we can do outreaches, We can do all these things. Personally, I can go do music. I can do all that. But if I don't have this resonating from my life, what we want is a sustained move of God. Because I believe that's possible. Why? Because Christ lives in me. The hope of glory, the earnest expectation of the manifest presence of God being released in the earth lives in me. Jesus is revival. Come on, somebody. And so this is where I am at is I'm like, I'm constantly praying. Father, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me to live from holy to holy. Come on, somebody. Teach me to walk in your ways, to keep your charge that I may walk, there are places for you to walk in the realms of glory. Hallelujah. Amen.
4: So I guess I'll go next. I'll I'll be short, but it's going to be sweet, I hope. Um, (laughs) um, So about a year and a half ago, two years ago, my wife took over a church on the North Shore, and I had no grid for it. Had no grip for what church was. Had no grip for how it, I guess what it was about. So for the last year and a half to two years, I've I've been um, a great support, a great support, <clears throat> and there's a reason for that. Sometimes he keeps you out of the forefront so that he can teach you in there in his ways, so that he can bring you to a point that when you then go forth. It's no longer about you. It's about him. Uh, But if you don't know his ways, then as Brad and and Jason are saying, it it becomes about you. And see, walking the streets in New Orleans, uh, the people on the streets can see through that. And they will call you out on it. And so what he's done for me the last year and a half is he has had to remove me from who I thought I needed to be. And I thought I needed to be in front. See? I didn't need to be in front. What he needed me to be was to be her backbone, to be her strength when people were coming against her. And I knew that. But I didn't know it at the time. And so I was flustered. And so what he's done over the last year and a half is just help me remove me from myself. Remove me from who I thought I was and bring me to a place where I know who he wants me to be. I've talked to a few people to, uh, this week about, uh, you know, you'll only come to your fullness when you know who you are in him. Okay? Okay not when you know who you are with the people that you're with meaning that you're, you're you're longing for their approval you're longing for what they say about you they're longing you're longing for for their acceptance but the weird part about it is when you know you're truly accepted by Christ you're accepted by everyone else and it, you will change them what i see in uh, 2020 is the fact that um He's bringing us together. He's blurring the lines between churches. He's making those lines, those delineations invisible. Uh, I think in 2020, uh, I think the attacks that you spoke about, I think they're intentional because (laughs) Satan knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. And y'all have got something here Uh, that has really got him on his heightened presence. In in New Orleans at Bourbon Street Revival, um, same thing. Uh, He knows what's coming, and it scares him to death. It really does scare him. And so I think the unification of the churches, the body of Christ, is what's coming in 2020. You know, it's funny you say Focus 2020. Because that's the vision he wants. That's the vision he desires, is the fact that we bring all of us together in one body. Because with that, the rest of the world cannot compete.
5: Um, well, in uh, 2019, I had a divorce. Um, I divorced ministry. And um, it happened in about, I got you with that clickbait, didn't I? That's that Clickbait. You're like, all right, I'm listening. Chris Burns had a divorce. What? I um, I remember in March, man. Last, well, this time last year, um, I um, I met the the harbinger of death. The 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 the, he's like the Grim Reaper. When you meet Brad, it's time to die. So I, I met, agree. I met I met the Apostle Grim Reaper. You know, it's funny, I was, I was thinking about this, having been all over the place since I was a young man, it thrust into public ministry at 22, not knowing anything about anything and meeting all my heroes early on and, and seeing some real rascals in the green room. I've, I've come to know that like true apostles are usually the ones you don't see and the ones who are flamboyant and show themselves usually aren't real apostles. <laughs> I've come to think that Brad really is. You really are a real apostle. You come to kill people, and you never really get seen. You're always in the foundation. and uh, But uh, it's really strange. But I just wanted to say, man, this guy I brought into my life, of course, last year. And I was in a very different place. Um, me and Danielle were, were uh, in the process of dying. And, again, the Grim Reaper came to the door and fully executed, helping us to move that in. I remember being at a conference in Myrtle Beach. It was something to do with um, like the school of how to translate, if that tells you how the depths of I'd fallen to my yes to ministry. And um, Brad looked at me and said, um, what in the heck are you actually doing? And um, I said, dang it, I'm, I, so it's been a learning thing. And I remember it was that same month um, that uh, uh, the laughing Grim Reaper over here um, <laughs> he just laughs with his sickle in hand, um, but i remember i remember i 've been mean to you I love you so much um, i 've called him names in private uh this weekend but anyway i i remember i remember um Really, I remember crossing over this transition. We had been seeing eleven, eleven, man, forever. You will go, Deuteronomy 11, 11 you will cross over, and the land from which you come from will not be the land in which you go into, um, but you're going into a land where, you know, it's not about what, what falls, but what flows. There's a river, there's rain of heaven that's going to water the earth where you used to have to do it by your striving. It's now rest. And the Lord came and said, Chris, it's time for you to divorce ministry because... because... Because, you know, for so long, my yes to ministry was oftentimes a no to being in rest. That the Lord was trying to put me in. He said, I'm trying to get you to rest. And I remember when the Lord said, I want to be your husband in this way. You know, and Hosea talks about how he, he... uses this prophet to to uh, show how adulterous Israel had been and he says this I've lured you out into the wilderness so that I could teach you to not know me as master but as husband I've hedged in your way you sought after your lovers who gave you their new wine and the oil but it was me who gave you it and I'm trying to teach you I'm your husband and I'm jealous to provide for you if you'll let me But when you say yes to work and this and ministry and calling and destiny, when you sometimes destiny becomes an idol, you know, it sets up as an idol and it's my destiny, my word, my promise. I'm going to do my thing. Listen, here's the truth. You do have a personal calling, but it's all summed up in this, that really you're living for the lamb's reward. You're really living for Jesus' calling, right? And when you figure out how great his calling is, you really start to, to find who you really are and what you're supposed to do. And I remember I divorced ministry. I really did. I said, I'm divorcing you and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord. And it's been so funny because a promise of Danielle and I's life has come in 2019. And that was completely out of nowhere. Many of the things I dreamed of that I felt like were delayed and promises that were unfulfilled, leaving San Francisco, dreaming, giving our lives to something and not seeing it happen the way we thought it would, thinking I was going to go to the next level, whatever that meant. Instead, I went immediately. My reward for obedience was the wilderness is what it felt like, you know, it was pruning. And I feel as if the Lord this year took us into a place of promise. And in many ways, you might know guys like that promise for my heart really is what's happening on bourbon street because I've been dreaming of this for years on the plane here. I was reading over a book that I'm about to finish that you can get at burns for one small. Co- no, anyway, <laughs> Um, but I'm finishing this book and, um, I wrote a year ago, I'm dreaming of revival and a move of God breaking out in bars all over America. And so I really believe that this was. promise from the Lord. And it was, it was something like a promise fulfilled. I didn't know how much I needed revival or what I even thought of revival or a move of God until it actually came and touched me. And I thought, Oh, and it's, and it's changed me. It's changed my family. I've looked out every single time we gather and watched as the promise of God has been fulfilled. The thing I've, dreamed of, we've dreamed of, and so we're living, I feel like, in that promise, and it's still even in its infancy, and what I see for uh, 2020 actually is a word, no, I told Heather I was going to steal her 2020 word, <laughs> she, heard, she said, I got a word for 2020, it's John 2020, and I said, I'm stealing that tonight, and I'm going to tell everybody God gave it to me instead, but um, anyway, you know, I feel this, I want to encourage you. Because in 2020, I'm still walking out um, into the place where, where the Lord has called me. It's a process, you know. And I feel like where we're, where we're going is, man, family is so important. But it's, it's important to know this. That true unity doesn't mean you becoming generic. True unity doesn't mean you looking like everybody else. There is a beauty... This miracle of tension with your individual beauty tied into family that really comes alive. One without the other doesn't work. You know, where's Jesus said this about callings. He said, the son of man comes eating and drinking. And you say he has a demon. And it says, John the Baptist came, neither eating nor drinking. And he had a demon too. But wisdom is proved right by our children. There are multiple and diverse callings, guys. We all fit Into a place. It's important. We're submitted in family. So that they can help us. And encourage us. And sometimes cut us down also. So that we know who we are. But also understanding that. Your calling. Your timeline. Doesn't look like another person's timeline. And if you start giving in to the cancer of comparison to another person's timeline or calling or gifting, it will eat you alive and it will kill you. But the chemo of the of of, of comparison really is, really is sonship. It's knowing man, I I and we say that we say I, i'm i'm in christ i'm a i'm a son in christ. i'm a daughter in, in in the lord you know but that will be tested truly by how you live you got to understand that god has a timeline for your life he's leading you along what you're called to do won't look exactly like what another person is called to do you understand and so i just encourage you man that go after what god has something for you that no one else can can take He has a place for you that you don't have to be jealous of another because what he has for you is reserved for you. And it's special and it's unique and it's incredible. It's not found apart from family. It's found in and amplified inside of family and real community and real family that's happening here, as you guys know, at Rock City. Um, But it's also... Uh, it, it, it looks unique to you. So I just encourage you, man, step into it and, and, and let the Lord lead you. Don't try to make this thing happen for yourself. There's no way we could have made what's happening on Bourbon Street. We could not have dreamed this up. We can't make it happen. It just came. And I found this, the greatest things in the kingdom come through ease, whether that's relationships whether that's your, your, what you're supposed to do. Because God wants to give you something you can't earn. And you don't deserve. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah.
1: You guys want to see something funny? I stand up. I'm still the same height as these guys. <laughs> that's all I've been thinking about this whole time. I. I joined the uh, Apostle Green Reaper as well, because everyone around him was tall, and uh, I wanted to grow up, and uh, no, seriously, I uh kind of to explain where I'm at in my life is sonship, is learning, I, you know, we hear that, we know the scripture, you know, you have many teachers, but not many fathers, and I don't. I almost need you to explain. What's going (laughs) on better than me? Because I'm the rabbit trails. Um, And so, but with that, it's, I've been on this journey and I've been crying out to the Lord. Like, God, like, let me preface. In the event anyone else hears this, take no offense. Um, I've been crying out to the Lord for a long time saying, like, God, I need someone in my life to father me. And in, uh. When did he, the school of life? July? July of this year, Brad's sharing this story about how when he was uh, running a school or something about, and he came across two guys that were trying to change a tire, and you could just clearly tell they didn't know what they were doing. And Brad offered to help, and you know, and that, that arrogance of, no, I got this. You know, you lower your voice a little bit, you try to talk lower, or whatever. And in that, as, as Brad's sharing this story, I'm going, I don't know how to change a tire. I just called somebody. <laughs> and I had this dream during that during that week that said, you know what, you've 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 served so many other people, but you've left your own calling, your own gifting. And you know, in very much Brad way. Glad I didn't have to interpret the dream for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, he was like, I'm glad you got it, <laughs> you know? And I was like, well you know. And in this I don't I don't even care about the first half of this year. You know? And but I got connected with Brad's uh this journey. I knew there was something different because Brad I kind of got connected with Brad when I took over a ministry school and literally how I took over this ministry, like it was given to me but the week before the school started I'm reading all the reports of how I was the least liked instructor from previously. So I'm sitting there going, you guys want me to run this thing? No one likes me. And uh, and Brad I had Brad come in as a guest and We just started making a relationship then. But every time I would talk to Brad, I I was like, I need that in my life. And I just found myself in that place longing, you know. Like, I knew the answers to a lot of this stuff. And in many cases, I was fathering people. But I was like, God, where am I at in that process, in that journey? And so in this, you know, even... It's, uh, it's funny. The Lord speaks to me through a, a, a lot of pop culture and pop cult- culture references. And uh, I was watching this TV show and the Lord was like, you're like that character right there. You're constantly, af- I'm just being real vulnerable. You're constantly afraid of building real relationship because everybody will abandon you. That's your lie. You believe that and like it wrecked me for like a week. Just sitting there going, "Man, like I want to I want Lord, I want to get past this." And so this whole last 6 months of my life, the Lord's been like, "Listen. You've been trying to decree and declare and prophesy over all these people and tell them about how much they're loved, but do you know how much you're loved?" It's so easy to get into this constant place of being a well for other people to come drink, but what do you do when your well's empty? And so, when I heard the Lord about coming to Shreveport, Brad's like, "Well, it's time for you to stop hustling, because I'm I'm used to that constantly going mentality, and like you just you know." His grace is sufficient. You just keep going and going and going. And eventually it just but that's the same pattern that led me to where I was at. And so it was it was new to have somebody care enough to go like, listen, I don't want anything from you. But just rest. But maybe maybe if you're I was under this mentality of rest. If I rest and don't put my hand to anything, how do I pay my bills? Yeah. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't go speak, if I don't do something, yeah. Yeah. how do I pay for stuff? Yeah. By the way, you're taking the entire last quarter of the year off. You're not allowed to do anything ministry-wise. To the it was to the point, even my Facebook was completely shut down. Like, all, and I understand social media. I understand how it works. And I, like, I couldn't make someone like my, I couldn't pay someone to like anything I did on, on social media. God shut it down so much. He just didn't want me to do anything. And so in this whole thing, I've learned about becoming a son. I've learned about what it really means to um, listen and just rest. I mean, that's the big thing. I found my, I found myself learning how to just rest. People are like, well, "What do you do?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Find the Lord." I have a lot of time. You know, people are like, do you want to get lunch? And I'm like, when? They're like, well, when are you free? Forever. <laughs> when am I not free? <laughs> you know? And so I find I found myself in this place of just becoming, learning how to become a son. And not striving for position. Not striving to make my gift a function and happen or whatever which is funny is like that I can look back now and I'll get into what I think for 2020 I can look back towards the beginning of this year and at the beginning of this year before all this transition began to take place in my life I was proclaiming God cares more about the quality and condition of your soul and your heart than he does about your ministry and your gift and that was the direction I was taking my ministry school. But I wasn't living it. I was just going with the train. And so what I feel like God's doing in 2020. The, the Lord spoke to me a few months ago and he said, Wesley, hindsight is 2020. I'm about to make the last five to seven years make sense. I'm going to reconcile time. And I'm going to. I'm going to show you that I can redeem everything that's behind you. But here's the thing. Remember Lot's wife. Do not look back. Yeah. You can't drive a car while looking in the rearview mirror because you crash. And He said, I will, show, I will actually make all of that make sense. That none of it was in vain.
2: Okay,
6: that's awesome. We've got a jester here right beside me. <laughs> um, 2019 was how can I describe it for for me personally? It was two things. It was hell, and it was God. It was actually two things that actually happened. What what again? You've he- you've heard Wes talk about relationship, and for me, you know, we're stewarding a ministry that God had to take away the I. I can't even call it mine. I I won't. If you hear me say my ministry, please slap me because it's not mine anymore. So it's a whole positional thing of learning how to become a father to those that I'd in my life, and yeah, you can't really become a father until you learn how to become a son. Right? So, when, when God brings the relationships in your life, you have to learn how to do one thing well, and that's actually to listen. So, one of the things God's been trying to teach me over the past of 2019 is how to get the wax out of my ears. And it, it's, it's the listening aspect because, you know, how many times did Jesus say, He has eyes to see? He, you know, he'd oftentimes say, Whoever has ears to hear. So it's the ears to hear, and you cannot hear, and actually unless you're listening, and you cannot listen unless you're leaning. You have to lean not on your own understanding, but lean on to His. And so it's getting close to the Lord, but what, you, what we've oftentimes failed to recognize, the Lord brings people into our lives that He actually wants us to listen to. And in my personality, because I was, you know, I said it this morning, I was a driven, I'm a driven type A person, I've worked in pro sports most of my life, and and I've always done things on my own, and I can make it happen, anything I did was successful, because I had that work, work ethic and that drive, so what he did is, all of a sudden he brings somebody like Brad McLennan into my life, and he's walking out as a... You know, the thing is, this is not the, you know, but we're being vulnerable and real here, guys. We're, we're, we're t- we we're want you to hear something because we all need, here's the thing. Do you, and you, do you know one thing I can actually say about this is because, dude, I'm trying to be serious here. Okay. Once, will you listen to me? <laughs> here's the thing. There's a difference between fathers and sons. The main difference is sons compete with sons, but fathers don't compete with sons. And when I came into his life, he wasn't competing against me. And I wasn't used to that. Because everything I've done always had an angle. People that I came in contact with had an angle and a motive. Let me align with you to get something from you. It was always to get something. It was never to give something. And that's what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about to give, not just to get So when God brought him into our lives, 2019, when I say it was hell and it was God, it was hell for us. We had loss. We had loss of life. We had accusation, betrayal. We had finances go out the window. We had one of our children went into rehab. I mean, it was a crazy year. But at the same time, it was a year that enabled me to learn how to listen by being still. Remember Skilled sailors never become that way by smooth seas. It's the it's the it's the chaos of life when you're walking with the Lord that enables you to be still and know I'm God in the midst of what you're going through. So what happened? God brought Brad into our lives, and I had to buck, I got mad, but at the end of the line, I had to trust God. That he sent someone to me. Here's the thing I want you to catch with this. Part of hearing the Lord. You obviously, we're all sheep. We hear that we hear the good shepherd. But you got to understand, there's times that the, you have to trust the Lord putting people into your life. Why? Because it's what's all in the kingdom. Here is John and Peter. They're in such relationship, guys. And I'm not trying to preach tonight. John and Peter in such relationship. That Jesus, he is appearing to them as a, as a stranger on the seashore feeding, some, making some, some fish. And they're all looking at him. And Peter's looking at him. But John looks up and he says, hey, that's the Lord. And Peter doesn't give it any time or day. Peter actually jumps in the water because he trusted John. Peter trusted the one he was in relationship. So he actually listened to the person he had been walking with for three years. So it's all important about walking with fathers and mothers. And understanding, you're not always going to have to, you won't always agree, but that's all right. But when you trust the Lord, when God puts people in your life, listen. Listen. And that's what he's been teaching to me and my family is we have to listen by leaning. Praise God. Come on. But what's happening in 2020? <sighs> well, I'm not a doom and gloom prophet, but I will say it's going to be the best of times and the worst of times. God is raising up fathers, right? He's raising up mothers before the, the spirit of Elijah is coming that's going to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And one thing you got to understand, when it gets dark, you will shine. You remember, Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine. Let your unique expression shine. Let your light shine. Now, when the thing is light, he isn't talking about light bulbs. The only measure of light in the Bible was flames of fire. So when the Bible says, let your light shine, he says, let your fire flow. And when the fire is flowing, light has to encounter darkness in order to express itself. So as it gets darker in America, bless God, we're all saying flame on. Flame on for 2020. That's what I'm saying.
5: Hey, I know we're about to go. The Lord just spoke to me. There's a woman in this room, and this last year you've struggled with depression in such a dark way where you sometimes don't even want to get out of bed. There's an opportunity for you right now to be touched and supernaturally healed in your mind and for that dark cloud to go away. I just felt to give a chance for you to stand up. You know who you are. You've even considered um, hurting yourself at time. I feel there's cutting even. And it's not, there is no shame. And um, the truth is, I really don't even care um, if you don't stand up. But I want to tell you this, not for me, but for you. I just felt there was freedom right now for you. And God said, he's pointing you out, and it's time to get free. And so, yeah, we just, can we have a few of us lay hands on her who are around her? The Lord stopped me before we even continued and said, I'm pointing you out. It's your time. God is healing you. This depression, this heaviness you've been walking through. Um, he loves you so much that he called you out in the middle of a crowd. You know why? Because he sees you. He sees you. And he's, he's such a tender, loving father. But he also says this. No more will you torment my daughter's mind. No more will you torment her No more will you cause her to look upon her own self with hatred. I command self-hatred. Leave now in Jesus' name. I command spirit of suicide. Go now. That's not your mind. That belongs to hell. So we send it back. I release right now the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to break everything in the name of Jesus. Everything. We break the power of self-harm, self-hatred, we release love, peace, life. (laughs) For you were like a flower who died that was not watered. You thought you were near death. You thought it was over. You had lost the countenance of joy. And like a flower who had fallen over it had died. But just as soon as water was given she rose back up and bloomed anew afresh. It doesn't take a lot but we release the water of the word of God that you would bloom in 2020. You are leaving the old behind. Depression is broken and life is restored. Your mind is healed. In the name of Jesus and it will not return and when the spirit who has gone out seeking rest returns to the home from whence it came you will remind it that it was evicted on this day in 2019 and in 2019 it will stay in the name of Jesus amen
0: Get your notepad out and take some notes now. I'm going to show you how you really do it. (laughs) Learn from your father, (laughs) son.
2: (laughs) You know, um, that was good, by the way. I'll give it an eight. But you're getting there. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> well that's why I touched your back man. I'm trying to help you I'm still the reaper aren't I? <laughs> oh man you know um, you know the, the Lord was let me give you a story of what's happening real quickly First of all, I just want you to know, because, you know, I've been coming here for a while now, I just, I love this guy, and I love you guys more than you know. Y'all are like my family. I don't see, honestly, I can see you literally as my family, not as ministry. I I love this thing about, you know, the lines are going to disappear between one another. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to become family. You know, the main thing the Lord was tempted on in the wilderness was to do things on his own. Think about that. He was tempted in a lot of stuff. But the temptation was to do something on his own. And it would break the whole code of how everything was ever created. Because he said, let us make man. It took a family to create. And God is creating that which is in the heavens again back here on the earth. That's why the Lord, when he came out of the wilderness, one of the first things he did He gathered the ones he needed to do the creation, to create. Even the Lord needed relationship because that's the way he built in the heavens before the world was. And the enemy has gotten us so separated doing things on our own, which creates torment. Like I said the other night, aren't you tired? And what's happening here at Rock City, i am be honest with you, it has nothing to do with ministers. It has everything to do with family coming together. You don't realize Christ in all of you are bringing this. It has nothing, even though the worship's great, we're great ministers, we're called of God and all that stuff. Religion likes to, you know, stamp it. But we are all in this together. We are all God's staff and authority together. And in this, he's going to create a new earth by bringing that which is in heaven on the earth, which is his family when we got i'll never forget when we got together even those those the sparks and stuff that had to you know fly and all that that's that's all a part of being family trying to get fitted with each other is just sometimes hard cuz we're not used to being fit with each other it's just tough but if we know it's the lord we know this is the way god is going it gives us grace I saw something like this that happened in Kansas City a long time ago. And the glory of God came because he brought brotherhood. He brought brotherhood. And that's what's happening again. We're going around this thing again where God is going to bring his glory not upon a group of men or women that are anointed. He's going to bring upon all of us that are anointed. All of you. I'm dead serious. Every one of you are anointed. Every one of you has brought this presence in this room. I am not lying to you. Every one of you has played a part, and it's going to get bigger. It takes a many-membered man to carry the ark of God, to carry that glory. For us to carry it as a group, it crushes us. But to carry it as a people, oh, my God. There's no limits to the glory. Because that's why he said the glory will fill the earth. It will fill the earth. You know what? That's you. That's us being together. And so I'm telling you, Jesus is walking the earth looking for his family. Just as he did when he started his true ministry. And we're about to see the real ministry of Jesus. It wasn't just Jesus doing the ministry. It was his family together creating ministry. You understand? And we got to fight together, shield to shield, to stay in unity. I mean, if you have to lay down your life, even when you think you're right. Because when you think you're right, you're wrong. Just lay it down. It's not worth it. What's worth it is love. That's worth it. And there's a, I'm telling you, I've, last three months, I haven't told you this. I've been getting calls from teenagers. And there are trumpets blowing in the middle of the night that's waking them up. Literally scaring them to death. And the parents are calling me and and they're, they're kids are freaking out. Some of these kids aren't even following the Lord. And there's this trumpet sound, a literal audible trumpet sound that is blowing in their rooms and waking them up. Every one of them has been in their bed asleep and the, bl- and the trumpet will blow. And they freak out. And the first thing they think of is Jesus is coming. Because he will descend with what? A trumpet blast, right? Let me tell you something. The trumpet blast is going to be the sound of love in us. You're going to be the trumpet blast that will descend the Lord upon this earth. That's why he's dealing with all of our stuff. He's fashioning us all as one trumpet that will give a sound of love, that will attract God to be here with us. I'm telling you, it's coming. And a lot of you are going to start hearing the trumpet. And let me tell you something. These kids, they go, why am I hearing the trumpet? The first thing the Lord told me, he said, because they're my trumpet. They're my trumpet. And that's this next generation, this young generation that's rising up, they are going to be God's trumpets. And we as fathers and mothers, man, they're going to be a mess. But let them be a mess. We've got to build relationships. I always call it build a resume of relationship before you start trying to teach them first. Just love them. Then they'll, they'll be able to trust you. Don't point out their flaws. I mean, there's no telling me flaws I see, and man, it works on me. And the Lord says, wait a minute, you're building trust. Then you can speak into their lives. We've been the same way. We've been through tensions. We've been through all kinds of stuff together, and it has built more trust than division. When one of us is doing bad or we're, we're having a rough time or there's tension or whatever, we just get flat out open. We're, not as, we're, not as, we're just as normal as you are. We got the same bugs as you got. A bunch of uneducated folks up here that God calls, and we just chose to follow him. We got the same problems, same issues as you got. Except we're just dr- holding on to his robe and being drug in. So I'm going to tell you, Rock City will be a place of glory. This region will be a place of glory because of family. Because of the unity of the faith in Jesus and in Jesus and one another. And people go, oh man, this is a revival, this is glory. We'll just look, no, it's, it's just love. We just love each other. Why is Jesus here? Well, he's right there. And every time we love one another, Jesus comes out. He comes out and confirms himself. So get ready, guys. There's going to be so much glory that's going to come. Even with Bourbon Street, God is Choosing people, and he's bringing the, us together, and it's going to be just like the 12 disciples, a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Serious. They were fighting who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. I mean, my God, yeah. they were fighting who's going to be the greatest in front of God, and God don't even say anything about
4: yeah. it. <laughs> That's, a good yeah, that
2: is. That's family. Yeah.
4: <laughs> That's
2: family. That's family. And I just, I encourage you to love one another. If I was to say anything, and I know these guys the same way, if we were to say anything, love one another as he has commanded us to. That was his last commandment. That was his last prayer. Father, make them one. He didn't say, I want the glory and the revival in the United States. He said, man, man. Papa, could you just make them one? Like we're one. He wasn't just talking about himself. He's talking about his disciples and him and God. Like we're one. Multiply this. That's what's happening. You just got a crazy pastor that's willing to lay down his life. I've I've watched him. I watch him so closely. And there's so many times he could have gotten up and just taken the reins and jump in there. I I watched it. And your pastor loves Jesus so much, he's willing to sacrifice that religious glory for the real glory. The glory of the relationship with Jesus and with one another. The glory will fill the earth. And I'm telling you, some of you guys in here are going to hear trumpets. I'm telling you, they're going to hear trumpets in Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. He's blowing the trumpets, and it's going to be you. And he's, that's why you're going through a bunch of stuff. He's just fashioning you to be that clear sound. And when they hear that clear sound, it's time to battle with his love. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I appreciate you saying all that. I really do. Thank you. And I don't take it for granted. Um, my greatest desire is unity. I've, I've talked about it a lot. I feel like the Lord's greatest desire is that we truly do become one. And so I feel like to become one means that that we're going to have to decrease so that he can increase. And by by desiring the person next to you or your spouse or your children to increase you're actually going to see the Lord increase in your life while you decrease and that's hard because we like recognition and we like notoriety and we and it's something that I have really wanted to make sure that I don't fall into that trap now right because we're somewhat small but I already know that what God's going to do is going to we're going to get elevated. It's going to happen because we're decreasing and we're becoming a bond servant to one another and we're making ourselves of no reputation. It's Philippians 2. So check this out. To make yourself of no reputation is to desire to see the person next to you gain a reputation. So, to, for, so for me to die is for you to live. For Christ, when, when we lay our lives down we get to see the person next to us become alive. And so I uh, really want more than anything for this church and each one of you to become alive. To really become alive. To experience true life. The real animated, vigorous, Zoe life that we're called to live. To really be flamed on and it be authentic and not manufactured. Right? And... For me, my greatest reward isn't, you know, necessarily what's to come, but to see what's happening in you. Like, I'm so excited when I see what took place in the baptisms. Watching what's happening in Joni, I have no greater reward than that. I mean, the Lord himself, yeah, but on right now, that's seeing it. I see him in that. That's my greatest reward. Uh, That brings me the most joy when I see what's happening. And I know so many of your stories. And I don't know, there'll probably come a time where I won't know everyone's. But I want to, and I'll try. And so unity and making ourselves of no reputation, which means that we have to fight the recognition thing. And, you know, as we launch full speed ahead into 2020, you're going to have to really fight that notoriety and recognition and comparison thing that Chris talked about because there's the platforms are seeming to get bigger and the voices are seeming to get louder and the ability to peer into other people's worlds becomes easier which with all that comes well what about me and what and the comparison thing and you know they don't know me or they don't see me and I want to make sure that I do all that I can to protect that here. I want to protect that. I want to protect you from that, right? And I want to make sure that what matters the most really, really happens. And that's real family, real love, real unity, where we truly are becoming one by the Spirit. Not uniformity, but unity. You don't have to have uniformity to look like me. We have to have unity to look like the Holy Spirit. And only the Holy Spirit can bring us together in the bond of peace, right? It's a bond of peace. And so that means not being offended. It means not being divided. It means not comparing. And it means that I'm going to make myself of no reputation. That's hard to say and do in this day and hour. And then when the miraculous happens and the signs and the wonders and the miracles happen on greater levels. And all the world wants to look to Corpus Christi. Which is what's going to happen. Guess what they're going to see? You're not gonna, it's not going to be me. It's going to be the body of Christ. It's going to be us. Because it has to be an us thing. It has to be an us thing. The other thing I... I feel like the Lord's really been speaking to me about is this whole thing of others may, but I may not. And I think that's a word for everyone here. Others, let's say it together. Others may, others may but I may not. I may not. <laughs> and what that means is that what what you used to be able to get away with, you're not going to be able to get away with it anymore. And what some people seem to get away with, God says, I'm holding you to a whole other standard. And that's the word. It, it is sanctification, but it, and it's a complete separation. And then that's the thing. That's If you're looking at others and you don't have your eyes on Jesus, you're going to wonder how come they could do it, but I couldn't. Yeah, and so it's going to be a further cutting, removing and a and a calling to a higher standard because if we want what God has it's going to require more of us to whom much is given. And that means die more. That means pretty simple, die more. The next thing is is this uh thing that's going on with marriages and the attacks on marriages. Uh I feel like God is going to really begin to move mightily inside the church because judgment starts in the house of God. And so what that means is that he's going to align us and his body even stronger to rescue this epidemic of divorce and division in marriages. And that means that he's going to fix ours. He's going to fix ours. And uh, for me... The words that my wife got this week have me really excited. Really excited. Because my really, my greater desire is to see her be propelled into what God has for her. And if she's going to birth this city, birth Jesus in the city, she's getting the visions and the downloads, and I need to pay attention and listen. And I love that because it gets me so excited. It really does really get me excited and uh you know what that's a picture of for all y'all it's a picture of the bride it's jesus's love for the bride husbands love your wives as christ loved the church so our greatest ambition is to die for our brides and to propel them into their purpose and their destiny and then the scripture he who finds a wife i'm still finding a wife I'm still finding a wife. It's not that I found her once and now I'm married. It's that I'm actually finding. I'm actually discovering my bride. And guess what I get? A good thing and lots of favor. Yeah. Woo. No, seriously. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it means a lot of favor and a lot of blessings from the Lord because we lay our lives down for our spouses. It's a beautiful thing. I feel like going into this next year that we're going to really begin to see the the fulfillment of Matthew 24 that the elect will be deceived and the love of many will grow cold. What you're seeing is real cold love happening in our nation. Real cold love like hatred towards one another. And what makes it really bad is when it's the elect that get deceived and then they begin to grow cold. And when I think about 1 Corinthians 11, the scripture that talks about uh, when Paul says, I, you know, I'm not going to praise you. I should praise you, but I'm not going to praise you because when you get together, you get together for the worse, right? Because there's divisions and there's factions Because those that have been uh, uh, approved desire recognition, right? So when you're whittled down and and you're approved unto God, that's when you have to be more aware and more alert so that you don't fall into deception, cold-heartedness, and the desire for recognition. So I think this year is going to be a greater measure of just dying now. I think this year is going to be a greater measure of God's fervency and fire in our lives. I think you're going to see the world get worse and you're going to see the kingdom get hotter. I think you're going to, it's an exciting, I'm more excited for 2020 than I've ever been. I think we're going to see more finances, more resources. I believe this church is going to be built in a year. I'm believing that we'll see the expansion happen in the next year, and I believe you're going to start to see the wealth of the wicked come in in greater measure for the, for the church. That's what I believe is going to happen, right? That's what's going to happen. And so God's going to strategically align us with the right people. He's building, he's networking, he's connecting, and he's bringing really odd people together like us, right? Like us. And then ultimately I believe what's going to happen is that that after all these years, finally, Chris Burns will really get delivered and saved. And that, that all this pretension and, you know, loose prophecies will actually be like a skilled archer and he'll hit the target every time. <laughs>